In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. Now, let's imagine just for a moment, we're going to take the question, what is your definition of success? And most people would say money. My definition of success is if I have massive amounts of money, I've got a great life. Well, I can't wait for you to hear today's guest, Tony Velasco. I've known Tony personally for well over 10 years. He is the president and CEO of Afterburn Fitness, a company that owns and operates health clubs in Southern California. He is also the founder slash creator of a new events-based company and concept called Ride. I can't wait for us to dive into that. You are going to be excited to be listening for this. It plans to launch its first ever event in the fall of 2019. Plus, he is an aspiring author with a target to release his first book, The Legacy Mindset, later this year. But most of all, he is simply attempting to make the biggest impact on the world as possible one person at a time. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Tony Velasco. How's it going, T? It is well, sir. Anybody listening today, Mr. Velasco was my trainer. And I say was my trainer because that was a lot of work <laughs> to keep me in, in alignment. But first question, let's get out the gate really quick. What is your definition of success? Quite honestly, it's, I think it's as simple as happiness. Because I think your definition, my definition, the person on the street's definition is all going to differ. But I think it all, the, the one common denominator is happiness. Whether that's family, whether it's success in business, it could be a million different things. But if you're not happy and every, and I mean real happy, not fake happy, not Instagram, social media, I just post stuff to pretend happy. I mean real to your soul in your heart, happy, that's success. I like that. All right. So we're going to talk about happiness today because it's going to come up multiple times in this theme because your kind of rise to where you're at today has been an, an extreme journey, right? We, we started when I first met you way back in the day, I was training at a Spectrum gym in Santa Clarita, Valencia. Yeah. Like 06, 07, somewhere around there. I think the, the guy who introduced me to you was Chris Falona. I think that's how that kind of way happened. I was training and never really been a big guy to go into the gym and work out. I've always had bad knees and you're like, Hey, I'll help you. Yeah. And that's exactly what you were able to do for a guy like me, help me to kind of see where I could work on what I could without putting so much strain onto my body. I remember early on, you kind of was working there for a while. And then I think something like a concept or an idea came. I would like to just kind of figure out a little bit about your origin story yeah. Help me into those, those gaps of then getting into the fitness area. And then I think we can speed through some amazing stuff that you've done, innovated, and really inspire a lot of people on a daily basis to wake up at 5.30, 4, 4 o'clock in the morning, some crazy time to get into a gym. So right. talk to me a little bit about your childhood, a little getting started. Like childhood, like early, early, or like once? Like yeah, when, because how, do, how does a kid get into fitness growing up? Like how does a kid decide, hey, that's the path I'm going to choose? So it was funny. I had this conversation yesterday with somebody 
And the idea of, I, I almost fell into fitness in terms of from a, from a career business standpoint. I mean, growing up, I'd played sports and I'd always worked out and it was always something that I was into. But from the transition that I made to having it actually be a career was something I almost fell into. And it was, I'll try to make a long story as short as possible. My dad, who, who you know, who was in the police department for a long time, just retired, but always used to, he used to bodyguard a lot of like this really high-end movie producer. Anyways, that guy's trainer became good friends with my dad when they moved close together. And so we used to go over to his house for barbecues, Thanksgiving, things, things like that. And I think I just came home from college one year and we went over to his house and I was like, hey, look, like I'm stuck in a rut. Can you give me some, you know, some tips on some new workouts or whatever, something along those lines. And he's like, yeah, sure. Come out for a workout one day. And this guy was one of the premier trainers, like in Malibu, Beverly Hills, you know, that kind of stuff. And I remember going over there and never, are we allowed to curse on this? Should I, should I? You do you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I just, I had never had my ass handed to me more than I did that day by him. And I remember walking home and this is the irony out of all of it is I remember walking home from his house back to my dad's and thinking people pay for this shit. Like, (laughs) like I, like I can't move. Like (laughs) this is the most painful hour I've ever experienced. Well, he then said like, hey, have you ever thought about getting into this industry? And at that point, again, I hadn't. But I said, hey, what the heck? I'll give it a whirl when I graduate college. And I did. Fell in love with that and the business side of it. And the rest is history. I like that. You go get your butt kicked for an hour. Then you say, I'm going to go start a career in this fitness <laughs> arena. Like, right? It's not what anybody yeah. necessarily crazy enough to go do and sign up. But right? So that landed you at some various jobs as you were trying to find your path. We were talking about Spectrum, and then one day you just kind of like this this thing went off in your head, and you're like, I'm going to go start XBM Challenge. Would you be interested? I think, Chris, would you be interested? I'm going to go kind of round up some people, and we're going to meet at the, I think you found a park. We were doing yep. uh, staircases at parking garages. We were at the College of the Canyons. I mean, we're doing stuff like that. What was that for you when you saw the response that people said, I'll sign up for your hour of hell. I'll, I'll go do that with you. What was that like for you? Do you remember from your friend of your dad training you for an hour, kind of getting that ingrained in your mind and then saying to yourself, all right, I'm going to go now start a challenge myself. Yeah. The, the irony out of all this, I was, again, I talk about this stuff a lot just in conversations with individuals. And so I was talking about this exact moment. And that very first one that I did, I had, I think for the early morning slot, because I want to say like, well, you would have, you would have been a 5am-er, wouldn't you? I won the first challenge. That's all I remember. Yeah. (laughs) There was probably three people the very first time around. And then the second time, you know, went from three to 10 to 30 and it, and it grew and it grew quickly. But the very first one is kind of, I think it's an important point to make because I remember literally getting on like Microsoft Word and using clip art and coming up with, I think before XBM Challenge, the very first one, it was called like Extreme Bootcamp. Yep. And we like violated somebody's trademark because I just like stole the word extreme off of somebody's website and like clip art it onto a Word doc printed it out at home and literally walked door to door and illegally put it in people's mailboxes. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people's houses we put it in. And 
out of all of that work and effort, only three people ended up signing up for that very first one. But I think this come here's the power of like positive thinking and seeing potential and things like that. Like, I think a lot of people would take that three as a failure, right? I yeah, just, it, it makes me think of that illustration you see sometimes when you're online of the, the person in the diamond mine who quits, right? right? Right when there's a pick away from getting to the diamonds, right? He just says, screw it, I'm out of here. The next guy comes around and says, fine, I'll just do it, right? Keep going. No matter what, either way, take something. And it sounds like kind of talking a little bit right now with you, you just have a fight about you. I think that's something that I've always noticed. I, mean, I think even you tore your pectoral muscle, yeah. right? And you had a fight through, how do I keep training? How do I keep working out? How do I keep doing this, you know, when I got hurt myself? And, and I think you have to find that fight inside of you. Yeah. So stair-step us a little bit up Success Mountain with one challenge, then led to another challenge. And then you ended up having a really interesting transition into a gym. Right. I want to talk about that too and how that really, that kind of the chance encounter of you working in a gym, kind of bringing your own clients in, how that really shaped a lot of your next level thinking. Yeah. Well, like I said, the, the thing that I became passionate about as I started to progress was the business side of things. And it got to a point where I'd become more and more successful each and every year. And it literally got to a point where, because again, my goal was always growth in one way, shape or form or another. And I got to a point where, I mean, I couldn't work any more hours. I mean, I was working from 5 a.m. to 8 or 9 p.m. every single day. So it, it came out of one of two things. It was either move to a place where, okay, move to Beverly Hills or something like that, where the clientele can pay way more per hour or open a business because I didn't want to just be satisfied and stop. And so obviously the, the, the passion side said, well, I would much rather go the business route. And so that's where this thing came in. And it was super nerve wracking. I had saved up a decent amount of coin over the past couple of years, but it was like, it was put up or shut up time. You know what I mean? It was, all right, we're going to go all in on this. And I was nervous for a very long period of time. And it was weird. I, I remember driving home from a training session one day and all of a sudden, all of the fear went away. And it just became like this absolute confidence in the decision that I needed to do it. And I don't really know what made that trigger, like what that trigger was to, to make that switch. I think I do now, but at the end of the day, like that's what made me move forward and, and open up Afterburn. And it was a lot of hard work and effort in the beginning, right? Sleepless nights, stuff not always going as well as you want it to, but that's part of the learning process. And all is good now. And we opened up a second one and we got all those other, other things on the line. So it's, it's been a, a, a very cool journey. What do you think that trigger is? You kind of you, you alluded to it a little bit. What do you think that was? So, and I, I say that I didn't know it at the time because I didn't. And it's only been through like reflection that mm-hmm. I've been able to, I think, piece together what really drives me. And if you have a, if you have a few seconds, I'll, I'll give you a story. What I, what I think kind of makes an impact on it, but it's regret. It's, it's the fear of it. The fear of waking up 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now and thinking, what if like that just scares the shit out of me? I would much rather try and lose, try and fail and at least be like, Hey, I gave it a shot kind of a thing. The, I don't know the unknown I think is, was something that terrified me. And that was what made me like, Hey, look, 
this is why you have to go because you'll regret not going and making this jump later. That's a powerful concept for anybody listening today to think about like the, the whole thing of, you know, I, I look at it like my deathbed, right? If, if I'm on my deathbed and, and someone says, you know, how was your life? And, and let's reflect for a little bit. I don't want to have that big Grand Canyon size regret of not like really kind of saying, hey, I tried. I'd much rather say I tried and failed than to have never said I tried at all. Right? Exactly. So after burn, fitness is born. Yep. And something happened to Santa Clarita. I mean, it's literally near Magic Mountain. So if anybody's ever driven down the five, you, you go right by it. And it's a, a town I lived. I was so lucky to be able to live in that town and meet Tony and meet a bunch of other amazing people who've all helped me, inspired me on my journey. Because, you know, other than that, I was just a kid who had been in radio and that was kind of my passion. And then meeting Tony and seeing you kind of do your, your deal and, and, and start literally, I think my, my partner at the time designed your logo. I mean, it was literally, I think I even helped you build your very first website, like, you know, getting outside of your comfort zone and trying. And I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't mind pain because I knew there was something deep inside of you that was wanting to take it to the next level and not quit. Right. So I love to hear the story about you asked for punishment, you got punished, and then you decided to go punish other people. That's what I love most, right? Right. So now here you are, you're running this, this company, Afterburn Fitness, and you, you're doing it with your partner, you know, your wife, right? Yeah. And life is great. You and Allison are doing awesome. And then what happened? How did you come up with the concept to go open another one, you know, more, you know, down south? How did that come up? Have you ever seen the Steve Aoki... Netflix documentary. Mm -hmm. It's really cool for anyone talking to your viewers right now. For anyone who has not seen it, it's a very cool documentary. You should go check it out. But anyway, so he's the son of the founder of Benihana. And at some point in the in the documentary, they're talking about like when, when he went from one to two to three, and he has one, right? And he's and he's already successful. And then he goes to open two or three, and everyone's like, why? You're, you're, you're already successful. Why risk it again? And he, he, he talks about that. It's the, it's the journey. It's the drive. It's the passion. Like that's what motivates him. It's not just the success in and of the one restaurant. And so I, I have a lot of that same kind of mentality when it came to, when it comes to afterburn and, and you know, starting ride or doing whatever it is, it's, I, and I don't think there's anything, I think there's like a negative, I'm going to do a sidebar here. I think there's some sort of, sometimes a negative connotation with, not being satisfied. But I actually think it's a good thing. It's not that I'm not happy with where I'm at, because I am happy with where I'm at. But wanting more, I think, is a good thing. That's, that is how, that's how cancer is, is cured. That's how, you know what I mean? Like, that's how some of the greatest things in the world happen. And so, on a much smaller scale, not cancer, but opening up a second gym, I, I want more. And the risk, to me, is worth it. So that is why I, I, I wanted to pursue that second club and why I continue to try to pursue growth on a daily basis, basically. Yeah, that brings me to a couple of ideas. You talked about your dad, awesome man. Tell me some people that are like mentors to you, people that, you know, really have helped you on your journey. Yeah. So, hey, Al. Allison just walked in. Hi, Allison. Hey, you want to join the podcast? podcast. On the way. Hi. How are, How are you? you? So good to see you. You too. How's Colorado? Well, it's beautiful. It's finally warm. Good, good. <laughs> I love it. Interruptions are great. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know how you, speaking of that, I don't know how you do that, man. The, the waking up with the snow and the freezing temperatures all the time now. Hey, I don't have to pay for cryotherapy anymore. So. <laughs> Is that true, right? <laughs> I get to do that. I there love it. We, uh, I get up every morning at 5 a.m. I love, uh, I still love getting up early in the morning and, you know, doing those types of things. The weather is really a game because it's still 300 days out of the year. It's sunny here. So you put up yeah. a little bit of snow, but I still, it's beautiful today. There's still snow around, but it's going to be a nice day probably in the 60s. Yeah. I always give Allison crap when we go up to Portland because it's not even that it rains all the time. It's that it's cloudy. You know what I mean? So I can imagine like if it's, if it's, even if it's cold, if the sun's out, that makes a big difference. Yeah, no, it does. I got free cryotherapy. That's that's, yeah. the, that's the one gift I've learned. But one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to ask you about like multiple locations, and I love the Steve story, which is really kind of interesting for our brain, is there's there's pressure. When you make a decision, there's almost like, you know, in my program recovery, we talk about fear, you know, false evidence appearing real, yep. right? Or fuck everything and run. That's the other yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> And pressure, I think applied pressure is something, as long as it's self-applied, not applied from an outside source. I think that kind of pressure, I need that. I don't know yeah. about you. Do you like that kind of like drive? Love it. Love it. It's, and, and I think that comes back to maybe like the whole, I'm, I feel like I'm competitive about everything. Whether me and you are playing a, a game of ping pong on a Saturday afternoon that really has no meaning whatsoever, or, or you and how you used to play pickup basketball games all the time, whether it's that or a business move or a game that does mean something. Like, I'm going all in, no matter if it's ping pong, a pickup basketball game, or a business decision, I want to win. And so I, so I, let's, I let's do this. Let's do this. Let's hold, hold right there. I, I know where we're going, and we're going to take a ride in just a moment when we come back with Tony Velasco. Gentleman went out with an idea after talking to a friend of his father's about, you know, hey, I've kind of not plateaued, but I've not really found myself, you know, where I'm at with the workouts. Would you show me? He gets his ass kicked for an hour, realizes there, there's a dream, an idea, a concept. I mean, that's what I love too, about sticking your hand out and asking for help. I think as human beings, we're so afraid of asking because we're fearful of rejection. You know, here's the deal. Tony talked about when he started his his little XBM challenge or extreme body challenge that, you know, he got rejected multiple times, probably hundreds, if not thousands of people said, no, 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 no. But three people said yes. And that's usually what really gets you going is when somebody says yes, you finally realize, all right, there are people out there who need what I'm doing. And he found a huge niche and an opportunity in Santa Clarita with his wife, Allison. They opened up Afterburn. We're going to come back and we're going to be talking today in depth about kind of this new mindset, this new business that Tony's found kind of every day, going to the gym, working out, figuring out how to get better, how to fight through rejection, but how to face his fears every day and say, hey, you know what? I don't want to get to the end and have a bunch of regret. I want to get to the end and say, man, I lived out my dreams and left a legacy for everybody else to follow. That's what we're talking about today with our special guest, Tony Velasco. We'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled Podcast Show. Are you ready to break the mold? You know, so many people seem stuck in society, but you're not one of them. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this. And I know for a fact that right here, right now, inside you, there's greatness. And a great way to help bring that out is the 12-week journey to fulfillment. So head over to BeFulfilledJournal.com and use the coupon code PODCAST, and you get a special rate on us. It's our way to say thanks for listening. As well, there's access to a private community of entrepreneurs ready to support you and your business. 
That's BeFulfilledJournal.com. Looks like Tony's back with the Pellegrino. So let's get back into it. All right. We are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. My name is Tony Grebmeyer. Today's guest, Tony Velasco. I met Tony long time ago in a galaxy far, far away in Santa Clarita, California. We were talking before the break uh, about his passions and, and about pressure and fear. And, and he doesn't want to get to the end of life and have regret. He wants to say, hey, you know what? I can do this again. Let's go. And he wants to you know, pick that mindset up. And Tony, we'll talk a little bit about him today, about being a boxer, getting into the ring, being punched, getting knocked down, getting up. Japanese proverb, fall seven, get up eight. Like never allow something to knock you down and not have that fight to get back up. I think what I've learned and I've admired about our guest today is seeing what he's been able to do when he goes all in. And I think so many times in business, we go in 80% or 85%, but we don't go all in. And so when we are faced with things that cause us to doubt ourselves, we reject and we run and we hide instead of going all in and realizing, hey, I can only get better by going all in. I can only do that extra rep when I've got somebody helping me to grow. And one of the questions I asked Tony before the break was, I want to find out about his mentors, people that have really impacted his life because it's difficult to get up every single day, especially at 5 a.m. It's Yeah, it's a habit, it's routine, but I know there's weekends when you want to sleep in, man, you know, I never can sleep in that, you know, this sucks. And I've learned that I need four to five hours of sleep for myself. And that's what I've lived on since I was 18 years old. So let's talk about your mentors, people that are in your ear, whispering, helping you to grow, because I know you've done radio shows, TV shows, you've done a lot of stuff. Share some of those mentors today with us. I'll start with my, with my folks first and foremost. And actually in the book that I'm writing, I dedicate the very first chapter to kind of talking about all of this. My mom is the one who showed me what unconditional love was, what caring about someone truly means. I think I've taken that into, you know, some of the ways that I, I manage and, and interact with people. My dad was the one who, you know, he was tough on me when he needed to be and also there for me when I needed support the most. But he was the one who gave me my work ethic, my drive to never settle for less than what you deserve. I remember growing up as a kid. Uh, again, long before he got into real estate, when he was just doing the police department stuff and and working off-duty jobs and things like that, like the guy worked God knows how many hours so that we could have like a good Christmas or we could go on a vacation or whatever it was. So I learned my hard worker and work ethic, you know, directly from watching him. And quite honestly, I think there's a lot of mentors that I have that probably didn't even and probably still to this day, don't even know. Quite honestly, a lot of guys like yourself, when I first got into that, when I got into personal training, all my clients, right? Here I am, a 20, I was a 22, three, four-year-old kid, whatever it was. And all my clients were older than me, more successful than me, more experienced than I was. And as I started to realize what I wanted to do with my life, I would constantly like very subtly, probably not even, I don't think I ever asked like, hey, do you have exact business advice? But I was very calculated in watching how they moved, watching how they acted, picking their brains at certain times about certain things. Um, and so I learned a lot from all of those individuals over the course of those years. And so I attribute a lot of my success to all of those people. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for sharing because I think it's, uh, you talked about something today in reflection. I, I think that word has a weird 
kind of stigma around it. I, I, I believe, I said this in my morning sales meeting this morning, I said, reflection provides tokens to put into today's game. So you kind of know how to level up. You got to go yeah. back to look. So you get tokens today to level up where you've done. So you say, hey, we didn't do this right, but what can we do better? And I go back all the time. I really believe there's so much beauty in it. So before the podcast got started today, we were talking about this new concept that is really exciting to me. I, I'm sitting here going, well, I, I can't wait. So I kind of stopped him from sharing. Talk to me about deciding running two gyms, married, loving your life, finding happiness. And all of a sudden you decide, hey, I want to go create a, a new events-based company and concept called Ride. So what is Ride and share with us today? Because I'm excited because it says later in this year, you're going to have your first event. So I want to figure out how to get involved. Right. Remind me after I talk about Ride, I want to touch on, remind me to talk to you about Kobe Bryant and just the idea of watching footage of when you lose. I want to touch on that right now. For Black Mamba. I'll, I'll go there all day with you. But Ride. So Ride is, we're, we're hoping to have our first event here in the fall of 2019. Essentially what it is, is we are trying to create and put on the most dynamic, immersive, like over the top concert level cycle event that's ever been done before. If you could imagine taking a soul cycle class and putting it into the middle of the LA Coliseum with full concert level staging, lighting, production, sound, all of that. Everything from the CO2 jets that you see in like Vegas clubs, pyrotechnics, the platforms that the bikes sit on on the main stage for the instructors like actually like rise up out of the stage. Just really cool over the top production elements like that. And, and essentially what it is, is it's doing those types of events at some of the most iconic locations. So again, LA Coliseum, Rolls Bowl, where uh, another one that I'm really looking forward to, to trying to make happen is down in San Diego, they have that huge aircraft carrier that sits in the harbor, doing one on that, you know, doing it in Yankee Stadium, or ironically, Mr. Colorado, we, I did a post on the ride Instagram a few weeks back saying, you know, ride is going to be at some of the being is going to be held at some of the most iconic locations across the U.S., what would be a place on your bucket list? The most common response. Red Rocks. Red Rocks. Yeah. So Red Rocks, stuff like that. It's essentially what we're trying to do. We're trying to do to the cycle industry what Tough Mudder did to the mud run industry in that there have been outdoor cycle events that have been done in the past for charity events, for corporate events, for conventions, things like that. Just like there used to be the mud runs you know, down at Camp Pendleton, who's kind of started it all. We, you, me, and a bunch of the XBMers back in the day, we used to do them up at the Pitches Detention Center up in Santa Clarita. But Tough Mudder came in and said, okay, these exist, but what if we add a really cool over-the-top production element, come in, build rad obstacles, and make it a much more immersive experience? So Ride attempts to do the exact same thing in the spend and cycle realm. I love that. So because my brain goes to... Wow, that's a lot. It's going to take a lot to get a lot of people in there. Would you say like you would have the place for the entire day and run multiple groups through there? Or are you going to just try to run one group? Tell me a little bit about that. So it would, it's, it's a weekend thing. So we would come in, uh, we're working with a staging and production company right now. They come in, they build everything on a Friday. We run events all day Saturday and then all day Sunday. And then we close up shop and move on to the next one. There's essentially like four basic types of rides. So there's six heats a day. You have 
a handful of what would be called daytime rides. Those are your like 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and like your 5.30 p.m. rides. But then you have your sunrise ride, your sunset ride, and your night ride, which gets really heavy kind of EDM with the lights and all the effects and that kind of stuff. Each one kind of catering to a slightly different type of person. The sunrise person is going to be different than the night ride person. But yeah, it's, it's a weekend event, multiple heats throughout the weekend. Yeah. Sounds, it sounds epic. So yeah, we'll post a link so you can learn more today as you're listening, how to get involved in ride. If you're in Southern California, I highly recommend you just check out Afterburn Fitness too. Great place. They also have a location down South a little bit. Tony, so along all of this, and you talked, you mentioned mentors, you talked about writing in your book that's coming out later this year, The Legacy Mindset. Where did this project even come to kind of fruition? God, I'm trying to remember what, what sparked it. I've, I've always had a, a passion for, I guess, speaking and motivating. And just like I said, and you mentioned it when you did the introduction, that just trying to change one, you know, make the world a better place, one person at a time kind of a thing. And so this is, this is, my, this is my way on, at scale to do this. Obviously, Afterburn, yeah, I can impact people, but I'm impacting people in a 10, 15 mile radius. Hopefully those people impact people, right? But my, my own impact is quarantined to that, to that radius. So this is my way to do that. And so that's where the, the, the thought came from. And that's the passion that has driven this project. So how, how easy has it been for you to put kind of your thoughts down on paper and turn it into a book? It's weird. Like, I mean, Certain topics, and, and, and again, learning as I go, because I've never written a book before. This is the very first one. I've learned that if I'm trying to write on a particular topic, that sometimes if it doesn't come easy, then maybe that chapter isn't meant to be, because there's been other chapters where I've, where I've written, and it, I mean, it just, like I'm just throwing up on the paper. It, so much is coming out. So when I find the right topic, it's easy. How much would you say you've seen come out of that book has surprised you so far about you? Like this, the things that you, like we were talking about reflection, I go back to it because I believe you're writing a book, you're reflecting on a lot of stuff. How, how many things have you put down that you go, wow, like I didn't remember that, but it's so crazy. And as you're writing your story. More than I can even begin to comment about. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy when you, because again, now you're trying to put thoughts and ideas and all that stuff on paper. And so you have to do a lot of reflection. You have to think and analyze and you put stuff in a different perspective than you ever have before. And you start looking at things and yeah, it's, it's kind of mind blowing when you actually sit back and analyze stuff like that. Well, I got to tell you, bro. I mean, just, just talking to you. I mean, we've probably seen each other three or four times, but texted many, many times over the past 10 years. And, you know, I'm, I'm so excited for you. I'm pumped where you're going, what you're up to. The journey sounds like it's been fun. It sounds like it's been challenging at times, but that perseverance, that I think that grit that we often talk about, but it gets thrown to the side of that, the continuous kind of, all right, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. Multiple locations, a book on the way, getting into an events-based company called Ride. So what I'd love to do is I'd love to ask you a couple questions, but I think I'm going to save them for the fulfillment round. Okay. But two things that I, I, I kind of want to just figure out that are going to be really, really helpful for anybody listening today is mindset. And you asked, you want to talk about the Kobe story. So I want to go back and talk about that. But the reason why I want to talk about mindset, and then I want to talk about one other piece, which is connection and authenticity with people. Because those are the things that you've always been able to kind of be a good example for, 
you're one of the guys that saw me when I was separated, saw me as a drug addict and alcoholic, trying to work out, addicted to pain pills, that kind of stuff. And you were always kind and you're like, dude, is this freaking guy going to show up today or cancel on me? I remember there's those times, those conversations and being there for my birthday. The last time that I really, you know, we went out and got sake and partied. And, and that was like, that was the last time really that I look back at my life and I was like, wow, it's so amazing how far I've been able to come. And I think so many people who are listening today are going to be having somebody in their life who deal with addiction, deal with substance and struggle. And I want to talk about your ability to be around all of these types of personalities where you see the extreme people, you see the people who barely can afford it. There's something in the people that you see on a regular basis in their mindset. What, what does mindset mean to you? I mean, mindset is everything. Hence the reason why the book is about just that. Like, I think that is the foundation for everything. A strong one will propel you beyond your wildest dreams and a weak one will, you will crumble faster than you started. Right. In terms of your comments about like myself, like I've always prided myself on being a chameleon in the sense that I'm able to adapt to my surrounding environment. But as you see people go through highs and lows, right? Like, I mean, my, my sister is one of those individuals. We've had a rough, not a rough relationship, but I mean, she's had a rough life with drugs and alcohol and God knows what else. So I've seen that kind of stuff firsthand. So, but when I look at people, everyone could be going through whatever shit they're going through, but there's a person that lies underneath that. And that person is either a good or a bad person. And that I think, I think that's one of my gifts, if you will, is I'm able to, to read people and understand people. And that even if that's, even if that person is going through a crappy time and maybe they're not doing the, the best thing for themselves or whatever in that time, I can still see who the real person under it is. Just like I can see someone who's maybe putting on this front and this facade, you can see that on that underlying, they're not really a good person. Sure. And so being able to distinguish that has allowed me to, you know, kind of sift through the, the personalities, I guess. Yeah, no, I, the reason I bring it up, you know, I celebrated just 10 years of sobriety a couple months back. And one of the things that I've had to do is go back and reflect, right? And I, I you know, not making amends the way that it necessarily all amends need to be made. But, I, you know, I just owe you a lot of gratitude because you knew all my story. You knew everything and, and you, you never use it against me. I think it empowered a lot of people to come and try to help me. So I just want to say thank you for being that person to, you know, see a guy like me. And that's why I tell people never give up on anybody because you never know when they'll change. Yeah. People change all the time right in front of you and you never know it because we've written them off. And I just want to say, thanks, man. This, this was kind of an emotional episode for me just because it, it stirred up so many emotions for who I am as a human being and the past that I've experienced but you're a very big part of who I am as a human being too. So I want to say thank you because you pushed and challenged me and you helped me motivate me over the years. Even when we weren't talking, I just was, you know, kind of always excited for you because I I loved that no matter what you were dealt, man, you're like, I got five cards. I'm going to play the best five cards I got today. And you never asked for a reshuffle. You just said, Hey, I'm I'm good. Let's go. And I, I, and that's something around mindset that's been really helpful for me is like, you can bitch about it. You can complain about it. You can just deal with it and just try to get better. And I think that's what you you are all about in wanting to impact people's lives. That's firsthand what I've seen. It sounds like what the communities are seeing. It sounds like what the world gets to read in the, the legacy mindset. And then eventually 
the communities that you're going to be impacting when you go on tour. It's going to, I'm Tony Velasco's world tour, 2019, <laughs> 2020, coming to a stadium near you. Like only I can only, see only if you do the voiceover like that. Yeah, I, I can totally make that happen. So let's talk about Kobe because you brought that up and I've been sitting here balling on that thing. The right, thing. I, well, I knew you would. I knew you would. And it, you, I don't know if you can see, but I got the Raiders jersey on the back. Finally, um, something we can talk about that I'm actually proud to talk about. We've done all right the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. All right. So obviously you're a Laker fan. I'm a Laker fan. But I've, there's a couple of stories. And one of them I just heard recently, which was really cool. This is all in on the mindset thing. The one I heard recently was him talking to a Tennessee college, Tennessee basketball player, a female. I can't think of the girl's name right now. But anyways, they had lost – at some point, you know, in the NCAA tournament, she had a bad game and he was asking her like, Hey, did you, did you look at the tape of the game that you guys lost? And she was like, no, like, no way. Like that's too emotional. Like, I don't want to look at that. And he was very powerfully like, you have to, if you are ever going to excel as a player, as a human, as anything you have, it's hard. It is going to be super hard to turn on that TV and watch the tape where you lost and you missed a shot and you had a bad game, but you have no chance of improving, growing if you don't. And he said, that is one thing. He's like, the second I lose a game, that's the first thing I do is I turn on the TV and I watch hours of tape of my worst plays of my worst games, because that's what makes me better. And so from a life standpoint, you have to, you can't, you can't put a blanket or, or, or anything over over the bad shit. You got to self-reflect and look at it because that's how you grow and improve. That's awesome. I've been a, a bummed Laker fan this year very much. <laughs> I loved uh, Jeannie Buss the other day. Like we almost traded LeBron when the whole Anthony thing went sideways. And I'm like, kind of wish you would have. Cause it's like, I watched the, the other day he was sitting on the end of the bench. He was so pissed at his team. And I'm like, that's not what a leader is. Leader gets into the middle. Maybe he's trying to make a statement. Yeah. I, I luckily started following my Warriors. That's what I grew up on. So I have this love for these two. And, you know, game time, Christmas, you know, the Lakers beat the Warriors. The Warriors go on later in the year to beat the, you know, the Lakers. So I have this love of fest with these two teams because they're iconic. They're into, yeah. you know, my, my opinion, Steph, like last night, shot a 61 foot three pointer two seconds in the last part of the, you know, the first quarter or whatnot. And people go, why would you do that? I'm like, why would you not? Yeah. Most people don't even have the balls to shoot because they're so afraid of their stat maybe being less than. And he's like, screw it. I'm going to shoot it because I believe I can make it. Right. So um, thank you for just being awesome and telling great stories. What I want to do is bring you into the fulfillment round. The fulfillment round is straightforward and simple. There's no lifeline. There's no phone a friend. There's I don't freaking know the answer. You make this stuff up as you go. And do your best to share kind of poignant stories and things about you because the people who know you best may not know this necessarily about you. These are things that I'm just trying to pull out. And I always am writing notes the entire time during the interview process because you always drop stuff. And if somebody's really good at listening, you can find these little nuggets. And then I want to go in and split the nugget open and share something great with the world today. So if you are ready, all I need you to do is say, I am ready. I'm ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning a friend, no using the Google machine, no digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicus. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. 
The Fulfillment Round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? All right. So you're in great shape. Have you always been in great shape? I mean, I, I've always been in decent shape. I think like most people, I go through ups and downs, right? What's the heaviest you've ever been? Probably to, probably in college, but that was a combination of muscle and fat. It's probably a little bit more fat than muscle now, but I would say about 230 is about the heaviest I've ever been. All right. So you worked really, really, really hard and you and Allison want to cut loose for the night and you're like, Food doesn't matter. Booze doesn't matter. Where would you go in Hollywood? You live in a really iconic area. Where would, where would be a great restaurant, maybe a great club you and Allison would go to? Well, the actual answer would be we would be too lazy to go all the way to Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. We would stay in Valencia and we would go to Larson's and then come back home and play with our dog. But if we were to go to Hollywood, we have not been down there actually for dinner in a very long time. I think we actually started going with you, though. One of our favorite places for a long time was Asia de Cuba. Yeah. So we used to go there a lot. That was, that was our spot. They're closed down now, unfortunately. But that would be where I would have gone. Cool. Cheat meal. If you had, a, if you had a one food item you could just eat no matter what on your cheat meal, what would it be? Pizza all day, every day. <laughs> it's, pizza is my go-to. It's easy. It's simple. But God, there's nothing better. As I've watched you over the last 10 years or so, I've seen you go on some pretty epic vacations. You've had some really nice experiences, you and Allison. How important is it for you to set yourself up for like a sprint so you reward yourself? Like, will you have something that you're training for? Like, right? Tough mutter. It's in the gym. You want to try to improve your record. What's your belief around that kind of stuff? Are you talking about when it comes to like working out and health wise and looking good wise? Or even towards your business of like, hey, in 90 days, we're going to go on vacation. How important do you think having those types of destinations in your mind really play to helping you to be victorious? I think they're huge only because I think if you don't have those, those kind of incremental short set those goals, you know, the one month, two month, three months out type stuff, whether it's a vacation or a business goal or whatever, I think it's easy to get lost in the everyday, long-term, lose focus. And so when you have a goal, whether it be a vacation so that you can get back in shape or a business goal that you have to accomplish in the next three months, it just keeps you focused. It keeps you, keeps your line of sight good. So vacations, give me a couple that you've been on that have just been just more than you could even possibly imagine. The last one we went to was really cool. We went to the south of France and Monaco and all of that. And we actually going to the, the Monaco GP and doing like you can buy tickets like in the stands. And they also have because all the yachts, monstrous, 100, 200, 300 foot yachts are all parked in that harbor. And so they'll, they sell tickets for you to hang out on the yacht, party on the yacht and watch from the yacht, the race. And so that's what we did this last time. And that was one of the coolest experiences ever. That was rad. Yeah. I'm all about experiences, right? You could stay in the stands and, and watch, or you can actually, what I call it, get into the game and you got yeah. into the game because it's a whole new level for you. Basketball question. If you could spend time, you mentioned Kobe. So I'm going to remove Kobe from the equation. So you got Magic Johnson okay. or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Who would you spend time with and why? Magic Johnson all day. Okay. And not only do I remember him more as a, as a kid growing up, 
But to my passion, Magic is a businessman. You know what I mean? He understands, like, yeah, from a Laker legend, that would be amazing. Sure. But I think there's so much more that I could probably talk to him about that we could actually potentially connect on versus Kareem. And you also have that little connection with the Dodgers, which happens to be your baseball team. Correct. Uh, is he's he's still, exactly. Is he right? still part owner in that? Oh, yeah. yeah, he's a part of that huge conglomerate that, that owns him, and he's like the face of it. But yeah, exactly. I was trying to eat keto the other day in Vegas, and I ate at Fat Burger, and it reminded me of Magic Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So we got a little – we're going to digress just from that for a second. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin you against a different person. I'm going to take Magic, the businessman, old school, right? And now we're going to take LeBron, who I bagged on a little bit. Very big business guy as well. Has huge deals all around. Got multiple TV shows all around. Lines and that kind of stuff. Who would you spend your time with? Would you go LeBron or you stay with Magic? I would still go Magic. And, and to be quite honest, I don't know if I have like the greatest answer as to why. I just, I like the way he moves. I like the way... From what I've seen, I don't I don't know the, all the inner workings of LeBron James's business deals. You hear him here and there, but again, I think this maybe goes back to. And I'm not saying LeBron's a bad person. I mean, I don't. I think he's a good person for all I know. But you want to do business with people you like, and if we if I were to just assume on paper that they are equals in the business realm, then I think Magic, from a personality standpoint, is someone that I would jive with more. So I'd go that route. I like it. You also talked about stages today, speaking and motivating. Can people find you at events? Are you, are you able to be hired to come and speak at events? I, I mean, it's not something that I do actively or all the time, but it is something that I'm available to do, yes. And I've done a handful in the past. I would love to introduce you to a friend of mine, Pete Vargas. So I'll make sure that I get you and Pete Vargas. Um, he recently spoke at Grant Cardone's TEDx Growth Con and did roughly 2.3 million in 60 minutes from stage. Wow. Um, and all he does is help people to get on stages. That's his entire yeah. business, right? The number may be up or down a couple hundred thousand, but I know we're in the twos. So I, I'd love to do that. I'd be somebody really, really cool. He's a great yeah. guy. Somebody you can learn about that as well. Let's talk about mom and let's talk about dad. You mentioned yeah. some things early on that you put in the book. What are some things you remember getting away with as a child that you could share one story that won't make you look too bad in the eyes of your mom, even though moms never have anything bad to say about their kids, but something funny that you could share that maybe your mom didn't know that you got away with? That, that she didn't know or that? Yeah, she didn't know. You've never told her. So we're going to tell her for the very first time now. Oh. You're going to come clean. It's like, I'm going to leave you today with a clean conscience. I'm trying to remember. All right. Think about your dad. You got any for your dad? The, the, the funny thing was, is this is, if there was one thing I was not good at, it was, I always ended up getting caught for stuff. <laughs> like I just did. Like I was, I was always bad at that. The great, I don't think there would be anything that is that, that would be that funny or that profound that I didn't get caught for. Cause everything I ever did, I did more than once. And if I did it more than once, I ended up getting caught at least once by my parents. I'll just, I'll just switch it to something because like, I can't think of it, but I want to give you some content. I'll switch it to something that my mom probably can remember and maybe she'll laugh at now. And that was the very first time I came home drunk. And so I was out. It was like my 
first time I got caught, I think was probably my sophomore year of high school hmm. and go out, drink, I'm hammered. And here's the irony. I wore contacts at the time. And if you've ever worn contacts, you know that, especially back then, you're not supposed to go to sleep with them on because <laughs> your eyes get super dried out, whatever. So I'm at my buddy's house because I was just going to crash there. And then I was like, man, I can't go to sleep. I don't have my contact solution, so I got to go home. So my buddy's mom, who knew I was hammered, drove me home. I break out my keys, and I'm, like, fumbling with my keys in the door, and I can't get – I drop my keys. Like, I'm making all kinds of noise. And sure enough, as I go to pick up my key, the front door opens. And there's my mom staring at me as I have my keys in hand, looking at her in the face, trying to stand up and not fall over because I'm so drunk. And – the amount of like, oh shit, that went through my mind at that time. And then she just looked at me and she was like, you know, we'll talk in the morning kind of a thing. But that was probably one of the more embarrassing moments of my life that I remember as a kid growing up. The uh, last question, where did you meet your wife? Oh, actually, now that's a good story. This one I can get on board with. So we had a class. Here, here's me, the very last semester of college thinking, Hey, I'm going to take a women's studies class. Right. Mel Gibson. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, it was the greatest decision and biggest mistake of my life because I'm thinking I'm going to go in there. There's going to be a lot of hot chicks in there. Right. Like this is a win-win. I go in there. I'm the only dude, or maybe I'm the only straight dude in the class. So it's me, a handful of gay dudes. And then like, all women, but not like the women who you would think that when you're, you know, however old that you want to go try to pick up on. It was like a, like a, outside of Allison's group, the angry ones, like they're just, you know what I mean? So Allison's in there. It was me. And then one of the one friend I did have in that class. So I would say hi to Allison here and there, but we weren't really friends outside of class. And so one day I saw her at the bar. And I thought she was cute and thought I wanted to pursue her. And so literally, no joke, one night we're at the bar, me and my buddy, and I see Allison. I had said hi to her as in passing at the bar earlier that night. And then towards the end of the night, I see her across the bar talking to some random guy. And I look at my friend, no joke, and I say, hey, Jay, I was like, watch this. And so I literally walk across the bar and like intersect like, step right in between her and whatever the other guy, whoever the other guy was that she was talking to and just start chatting her up. Whoever the guy was ended up turning and walking away. And obviously the rest is history. But she'd say, thank you for saving me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it could have been her best friend for all I know. I, to this day, I haven't even asked her on who, who that was that I interrupted their conversation. It could have been the random, it could have been her best friend. Who knows? But I think that that ties in a lot with this mentality. No regret. Right. I think that's a great way to end today. I think when you look back, right, you talked about happiness in the very beginning. You seem like a really, really happy guy today. Lots of amazing things going on in your life. You talk lots about Allison, your dog tank. You talked about your gyms, ride, legacy mindset coming out. You talked about the people who've impacted your life. But I, I, I really want to still go to that very beginning stage of the journey of an entrepreneur. And that painful realization that, shit, it's not working as fast as I want it. And I think that's what's wrong with our society today 
is that we quit because we're so used to Amazon two-day delivery. We're so used to Burger King giving us, you know, have it your way. Like we're so used to these things when you go look at Warren Buffett's, the Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, you go back and look at those people. They all started, you know, humble beginnings. They, they didn't get handed anything. You weren't handed anything, Tony. Yeah. You had something inside of you which I tell every human being on planet earth, it's greatness and it's inside all of us. And there's something that's going to activate it. And there's something that you're doing that's deactivating it. And your job is to deactivate it and really step into it. And I just want to say thanks, bro. I mean, it's been so much fun. I feel like I just left a workout with you this morning. I feel that I want more and I want to come back and, and I want to keep checking in on you. And I'm really excited when you come to Red Rocks. I'm going to be there in a couple of weeks for a UB. 40 concert. So it's a great venue. You can't right. go wrong. That's a good band. That'll be a fun one. Yeah, no, we're looking forward to it. But thank you, bro, for stepping up, stepping into the game and being uncomfortable with, you know, not knowing what's coming your way. But that's one of the reasons why I remember sparring against you. You're like, dude, bring it. And I hope today people, when they listen to this episode, realize that that's what Tony Velasco is. Somebody who's going to bring it, going to be real with you. He's adaptable. Somebody who like sees the good and sees the bad, but makes the best decisions every single day for, you know, his family and for the people around him. And you've done a great job in your community. And now you're going to go spread a message around the world and impact a lot of more people's lives by this. So thank you so much for being a guest today. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for having me. It was a, it was a pleasure and it was a good time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, his name is Tony Velasco. My name is Tony Grebmeyer. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.